0: Well, listen, as we're, as we're walking through the Sermon on the Mount, it's called the Building on the Rock, right? Look at your neighbors say, keep building on the rock. Yeah? Um, as we, we're looking at this, Jesus is drawing near the conclusion of this sermon that we know is the Sermon on the Mount, and he's getting down to business. He's been in business since the first word, but I mean he's getting down, as they say, to the nitty-gritty. And... Um, And so we're coming to the conclusion here. And Jesus has just taught about the narrow gate. And because these are so connected and and just one after another, I want to go back and I want to read, beginning of verse 13, the passage that I spoke from last week. And and I want to read and continue that on into the verses that we're going to look at this week. Okay? So you're there at Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 7. And we'll pick up at verse 13. Matthew 7, verse 13. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Then we continue on to this next paragraph, this next portion of Jesus' message. And he says, He says, Watch out or be careful. Because of the false prophets, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will know them, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? What's the answer to those? No. Likewise, every tree, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. All right? By their fruit, you will recognize them. So, Lord, we thank you again for your word. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, Jesus has just taught about the the narrow gate, and we just read that. As he begins this next session, section of his message, um, he starts it with the word, beware, or we might say, be careful. That, that's probably how we would phrase that today. And, um, and this morning's message is, it's for all of us. Um, but uh, with the graduates at the forefront of the message, I want to speak into you, but it's a message for every single one of us. No matter if we've served God for 50 years or more, um, we still need it. Amen? And uh, so uh, the message, the title of the message is just this Have fun, just be careful. Have fun, just be careful. You ever shouted that out the door as, as a loved one or a child went out out the door for whatever reason? You ever said, "Hey, have fun, just be careful," right? Maybe they're going out on a been going out hunting for the evening or something, or or they're going on vacation or or some sort of trip, and you say, "Hey, have fun, just be careful." How many of you ever said that or said something very similar to that? Right? Have fun, just be careful. Graduates, have fun, just be careful. All right. Have fun. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And I think this, uh, this passage speaks to that. And so, you know, this uh, first thing Jesus said, beware or, or be careful. In other words, pay attention. Use some caution. You know, you choose, in other words, keep your eyes open. Okay? Stay alert. You, you, can, walk, you can drive down any highway. Choose any highway that you, that you want. And you will encounter numerous caution signs along the way. Right, and uh, and and you'll see signs that might say "sharp turn turn ahead," or "slippery when wet," or "falling rock," "deer crossing," et cetera, Whatever. I saw one of the funniest ones I've ever seen. I think was uh, one that's a caution sign. It said it said "low flying aircraft," and then the top of the sign was bent. <laughs> I mean, you know that that would get your attention. You know, right, right there, you know, yeah. And so um, the caution signs, it's all there, but you'll encounter caution signs even even if you're traveling down the most beautiful scenic routes in America. You're going to see caution signs, and thank God they're there, right? They're there, Um, and, and they're not there to scare us, right? They're not there to prevent us from enjoying ourselves, Right? They're actually there to help us that we'll have the most enjoyable trip possible. So thankful many times we'll go out to East Tennessee and, and be driving those roads, and, and they're a little bit different than they are here in, in West Tennessee. A little few more hills, a few more curves, amen. I mean Holly Grove Road won't even compete with the with the roads out over there, yeah? And uh, driving up there, I've heard some people talk about, you know, renting a cabin out there in Gatlinburg area and, and being scared as they're going up the mountain to the to the cabin, you know, and going there at night, traveling at nighttime and steep drop-offs and all of this. And how many glad when you go there that there's some signs that kind of tell you what's happening? That what's around the corner, you know, I've been saved by a few of those, you know. You travel along, you thank God that that sign's there. And uh, God forbid that any of them would be removed, <laughs> Because And why are they there? Caution signs. Why are they there? Like, you know what's ahead. So you can, you can be aware. So you'll you be careful. That you'll be safe. That you can enjoy it. Right? I'm not going to enjoy it if I go flying off some embankment somewhere. It's not going to be much fun. I have to repair the car. repair myself. Whatever. And uh, so that's why they're there. And, and I want you to know that God wants you. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Come on. Everybody, look at a neighbor. Come on. God wants you to have fun. All right. Okay. He wants you to have fun. I love that. And the fact that the that the um on the the chosen series that reveals, you know, about Jesus. We don't know exactly what he was like, but I like the fact that they show him having a little bit of fun. Just be able to laugh a little bit. I kind of think that Jesus did that. I just don't think he was um just joyless. <laughs> Amen. So God wants you to to have fun. Um, The guiding scripture for the youth ministry has been John 10.10. What does it say? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Well, how many know if you're going to have life to the full, you need to have some fun. And sometimes we get so serious. I mean, we've talked before. Some of the board members I've talked. Marvin and I have talked. We said, you know what? Our funnel meter is just a little bit low. <laughs> we need to go have some fun. Maybe some of you need to go have some fun. Anybody lift your hand and say, I need to, start. I need to have some fun. It's been too serious, right? I mean, we, we've gone through all kinds of stuff, and maybe you're still suffering from the you know, jitters from COVID or whatever. Listen, let's go out and let's have some fun. All right? And you, know, and, and you can have some fun and not sin. I believe the Christian's li- Christian life is the funnest life that there is because you can have fun and there's no negative consequences when you do it God's way, right? And so, so Christ came that we can live life to the full, and Jesus gave us this message here. He's speaking to us. Why? Because he wants you to have a full life. He wants you to enjoy it. When, when Chase and Drew turned 16, I wrote each of them a letter. It's one to prepare. Prepare myself as well as prepare them for what was about to happen. And I knew that just in a couple years it would go by, literally like days. And uh, while packing our house into containers after the tornado here, at the end of March, Lori and I, or Lori came across a plastic tote that contained a letter. It was a toad that had Drew's name on it, and inside he had saved in his billfold, he had saved a letter that I'd written him on his 16th birthday. I'm not going to share any of the intimate things, personal things that I shared with, with his brother when I wrote to Chase or with Drew, but I will share with you some of the main points that I shared with both of them. And I want to say this, I don't know, everybody has their way and, and God's going to have to lead you as parents, but I, for one thing I felt, Lori and I felt, that um, we wanted them to know when they turned 16, they begin to drive and a lot of, uh, lot of freedom. To prepare all of us, I told them, I said, listen, from this point, our relationship's going to be different. I want you to know I'm not going to be the major decision maker. Your mom and I are not going to be the major decision makers in your life. You're going to have to choose how you're going to live. I said, now you're still in my home. And there are things in the home that's going to be the way that I believe. But, you know, it's, it's your life. You're going to have to choose about what kind of person you're going to be. And uh, if you're going to walk with God or whatever. And, you know, if, if our kids mess up, I'd like for that to happen in the last couple of years, where they're still under our immediate influence. Rather than them being 18, and going off to college around somewhere and be around some yahoos who don't have a mind, so to speak, or think, and to mess up around them because I can be there to help them. So I wanted to prepare them for that moment, Lori and I did, that we're not making every decision for you. How many know we, we've got to prepare our kids for that, for that place? We've got to, we got to prepare them for adulthood. One of the hardest things for Christians to do is to let go because we're so protective and, and fear can enter in where we're so, so controlling we don't allow them to do anything, we don't allow them to make any decisions as if when they turn 18 and go off to college, all of a sudden they're going to be able to make decisions when they've been, never made any. So I hope that, that you have had some freedom to make some decisions on your own. If not, you're going to have to do that. And you can. And you can make good decisions. That's a good time to say amen. You can make, you make good decisions. But anyway, I wanted to prepare them and myself so that I'm not overstepping my role. And so I told them, I said, you know, rather than being the dictator, so to speak, say this is the way it's going to be, um, your mom and I are going to be more of an advisor and we're here and we'll always be here. We love you and we're here for you. So if you got to make a decision and you're wanting our input, you're wanting our opinion, we're here to offer that in the most loving way we can. And then it's up to you to do whatever you would like. Right? So I shared some scriptures with them and, and um, that God had brought alive to me. I shared some other personal things and some people who, key people who, who were very influential in my life and some of the personal statements they had made. And then I shared some, some of the most important things that I learned along the way. And um, these I shared with, with both of them. And I'm going to share it with you. Outside of salvation, who you marry will have the greatest impact on your life. And I want to say one of the prayers that Lori and I prayed over, over Chase and over Drew from the very beginning, from time they were born, God, that you would lead them, that you would help them to be the men that you want them to be, and that you would lead them to the spouse that you have for them, a godly woman. I'm going to tell you one of the greatest prayers outside of salvation, the greatest prayer God ever answered when we prayed for Chase was giving Chase Kate Hawkins. Kate, you are a gift and an answer to prayer. And so is Kelsey and the kids that you have. And see and already, see Josiah, see Emma. Give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know Ravi's following up and will do the same. We believe that. We believe he's going to see that and sense that. And it's going to carry on to Jesus Terry. And we believe that for, for Judah West and, and for the, his sister that's on the way. Folks, come on. Let's get down to the serious stuff here. This is where it matters. Salvation marriage these are foundation stones for the rest of your life so I, I had some fun with it I won't share some of the personal things that commented on that I, w- I will say brother I, I told him what Dr. Charles Harris says, says look for a woman of God not a woman of God but anyway <laughs> but there's no sin with having having one that has them both <laughs> anyway you only have one life so make it count you only reach your potential You will only reach your potential by being faithful to God, your work, and taking calculated risks. Don't let the urgent get in in the way of what's important. Continually sharpen the axe, your gifts and abilities, your talents that God's given you, but always rely on the Holy Spirit, not on your strength, not on your gifts. Don't place too much stock in the opinions of people. Who lift you high on a pedestal or who put you down like you're nothing. Those extremes are dangerous. Give more attention to your motives than your accomplishments. Why you do what you do says more about you. It says more about who you are than what you do. We all have flaws that God will have to work out. And the only way he can do that is to put us through the fire. When it happens, don't let pride get in your way. Admit your flaws and mistakes. Take responsibility for your actions and humbly allow God to bring you through and lift you up. And remember that God wants you to enjoy life. Have some fun. And that's what I wrote to them when they were 16. I did write one more thing. I said, never forget that at the age of 41, I took on both Chase and Drew, and I kicked your butts in basketball. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> anyway. Lord, forgive me for that, but anyway. Then yeah. I said, your, your future is going to be great, and I look forward to seeing it unfold. And graduates, I want you to know, I feel the same for you. Your future is going to be great, and we look forward to seeing it unfold. As you walk with the Lord, I promise you, God's going to give you a life that's bigger than the dreams you've ever had for yourself. If you'll accept and embrace God's dream and not your own, the Lord will lead you. And uh, your life will be fantastic and you'll have fun along the way. Right? We thank God for that. Um, I, why did I share that with them? I gave him a few cautions along the way. Why did I share that with him? Because I wanted him to have life to the full. I wanted him to enjoy the best life possible. And you know why Jesus gave us this sermon, why he gave us these words? Because he wants the same for you and for me even more. Amen? And so I'm so glad that, uh, that Chase and Drew chose, by their own free will, to follow that advice. It wasn't because of threats. It wasn't because of being hard. Um, it wasn't because of any of those things just showing them the way, and, and they were seeing it, and I'm glad that they followed that and that God is using them, and though both of them in their early, early 30s, that God is using them to influence others that were where they were not too long before, that they have healthy lives, that they have healthy families, that they have healthy marriage, and that they're able to be a blessing to others. When I've seen so many others their age who've already just gone through so many major bumps in the road, They've just one catastrophe after another, and they can't, they're struggling to be a blessing to anybody because their whole life is not together. Is that because Chase and Drew are better? No. It's just because of the choice they made to say, God, you'll, li- you'll guide my life. And I want to tell you listen, you follow the Lord and you let God put your life together and give you the best of the very best. Don't let this world tell you what's most important. God's already shown you what's important, and you keep those things right, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Amen? The things that really matter, he'll do that for you, okay? So that was, you know, so just be careful. lose your neighbor, say be careful. But have fun. But have fun, right? Have fun too. The, the second thing I want to share, and I'm going to move along a little more quickly, but, but be careful about who you allow to speak into your life. How I many you know? Everybody's wanting, it seems like everybody's wanting to tell you something. I mean, every time you turn on the, t- on the TV, do you know people have a motive? Every time you turn on TV, they're trying to sell you something. They're trying to—they're trying to send a message. Every movie's trying to send a message. I'm telling you, they're trying to send a message, and they're trying to shove some stuff down our throats, and it's sickening. You know, you can't even hardly get on your computer. You can't get on your on your phone. I was listening. I was listening. I was listening. uh, Even this morning, I was listening to a message um, by Vance Havner. You know, and and I was just listening. I I usually turn something on when I'm on way to church, and and I did that. And I'm telling you, there were were five different commercials that came in this message and I'm like, man, they won't even why are they even targeting me? Why are they messing with me? I'm just trying to listen to a sermon. And there's all these messages coming in. All these voices. And I want you to know you got friends trying to pour into you. And and one of the things is some of them sometimes they they're moving a certain way that's not in God's way. And do you ever notice that when people sin, they they just they're just not comfortable sin themselves? They always want to take somebody else with them. Eve ate the fruit, and the very next thing she did was say, Hey, Adam, try some of this. And you watch it every time. Oh, man, somebody's getting into something. You know it's wrong. You know it's not right. And what do they do? They bring it over to you. Here, try this. Try this. Oh, try this. That's just Satan's way. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Be careful who you allow to influence you. There's always somebody. And folks, listen, it doesn't start when you're, when we're young. It is amazing how many people I'm seeing who were in their later part of their lives, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, that have seen to walk in the straight and narrow way and all of a sudden veered off somewhere. I'm like, what in the world are you thinking? I mean, you know, when you're, when you're early in your journey and you mess up, you've got some time to recover if God gives you the opportunity, right? But man, when you get later in life, you don't have time to repair things. You don't have time to mess up. Oh, you can get forgiveness up to the very last moment, but you can't restore your reputation. There's not enough time. But let me tell you, start with the very beginning and live live with a a good life and a good reputation from the very get-go, and Lord, will help you. But if you trip up, as I said before, fall towards God and let Him lift you up, Okay, and he'll take what the enemy intended for evil, and he will turn it around once you've repented. And so, be careful, be careful about who speaks into your to your life. Jesus warns us here. He warns us this. He says there will be false prophets, there'll be false teachers, and and you'll find them you'll find them not only outside the church, you'll find them inside the church. <laughs> Who's Jesus speaking to here? He's, he's speaking to the to the Israeli people. He's speaking to the Jewish people primarily okay samaritans who also had their roots part of israel right northern northern part of israel and and so they believed in the word of god but he's telling them be careful because false prophets are going to come and how do you know that that's going to be even more so in the last days that we're in and it's it's those that are it's the ones that are on the inside that are most dangerous because and listen we all know listen, because if they're inside the church they all think like we think they believe what we believe right wrong <laughs> We got a, we've got a wonderful church family. Not everybody go to, goes to church serving the Lord. You know, the wheats and the tares are all growing up together, and sometimes we don't get it right. And God says we'll wait to the very end where there's a harvest, and then God will do the harvesting, and he'll point out who's the true follower and who isn't. And so you got to be careful, all right? It's not just because somebody is is a, a regular at church that they're necessarily somebody that you need to allow to pour into your life. It's sad, but it's true. Amen? And they'll come, the problem is because they'll come in disguise. They'll come in disguise. Does that remind you of anybody? Satan Satan masquerades. He comes in disguise. He masquerades as an angel of light. If he comes in like the devil, we recognize, oh, that's the devil. But no, he doesn't come in like the devil. He comes in like an angel of light. And people who have false motives that want to uh, divert people away from the Lord um, they'll, they'll, they'll disguise themselves and make themselves look good, appeal to you, say the right, pleasing, soothing words, right? They're masquerading. They come dressed as harmless sheep, but inside they are wolves. They deny and twist the truth. Does that remind you of anyone? Right? They're led by Satan himself, who said to Eve, You're not going to die. You're going to be like God, <laughs> right? And, 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 and people that just want to twist the truth and, and, and lie and deceive, they're doing the same thing. And they're saying, like I said, the previous uh, couple verses that we dealt with last week had to do with the narrow way. And they're saying, listen, it's not the narrow way. This is a new day where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. This Live free. <laughs> Come on, be free. It's not the kind of freedom Jesus is talking about. And it's not the pathway. And so there's those that are go there. Notice it follows right after that. Jesus talks about the narrow way, the narrow gate, the hard way, the tough way. And few there be that find it. And then he says, "Beware! False teachers will come in, and they'll they'll disguise themselves. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They'll disguise themselves. And how many you know in the last days that people will gather around them teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. All oh, the way is not hard. The way is not narrow. No, that's okay. Oh, don't believe that. That was old school. That's what your that's what your old grandpa used to do. But we've been enlightened. We've arrived. We're better today. We're, we're we we. No more today. You know, look at this. Look where they missed over here. Look where they missed over there. You know, and they'll point to things that are not even biblical. Have you all with me? And be careful who you allow to pour into your life, to speak into your life. They'll speak to you all these things that are nice, whatever. Jesus says, you need to know who's speaking into you. You into you. You need to, I Identify them. Identify them. Uh, Now, we've got to be careful. Remember, Jesus talked about don't judge, don't be judgmental. We've got to be very careful about that. But then he tells us to, you know, be fruit inspectors. (laughs) Right? As we're judging, we're watching, we're seeing what's really going on. Sometimes we're just not really sure. Um, So, we're watching. He says you identify them. Don't be sucked in by what they profess. Consider what they produce. People can profess anything. You can profess that you're an airplane, but, (laughs) you know, I mean, the the, the fruit speaks for itself. Right? Yes. Yes. You know, there's a lot of a lot of truth in that you know like what you are <laughs> a lot of things we could say there if you want to know what you are just consider the fruit okay but that's that's where jesus is going that's where he, that's where he's he's talking about identify this look at the fruit um consider consider that uh, i'll say it this way look at the fruit not the fur look at the fruit not the fur anybody wear any fur this is south, not many fur coats down here are there? <laughs> it doesn't get cold long enough you know one of the I think the first christmas gift i ever I ever bought my wife was a was a fur coat. it was black rabbit fur <laughs> it was beautiful she looked good in it too. but that was up in Illinois. We needed it up there, you know in the northern part but you know you could put on any I mean you, know, you could put on either I could put on anything. It's, it's, not, it's not what I'm putting on. It's not the outside. It's not the fur. It's not the clothing. That's not the external. It's what fruit flows out of my life that defines who I am. And you need to watch people by what they're wearing. Not by what they're wearing, but by what they're producing. What's coming out of their life. And uh, so Jesus tells us to look at this. People, people can wear different furs, but they cannot produce different fruit. Their fruit is what? Their actions. Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians, we must prove all things. In 1 John, it says that we must try the spirits. Jesus says you will know them by their their fruit. Not by their fur, but by their fruit. By how they act. How the people around you act. Just look around you. No, I'm not kidding. (laughs) But seriously. How they act. Okay? I'm not talking about, you know... There's a blip on the radar. I'm talking about what's the regular routine. How many of you know even, even, even people who are just most ungodly people might do an occasional good thing. But what's their overall, what's their fruit? Makes sense. Okay, Now, the final thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish this up. Graduates, be careful, be careful to know the truth. The identification is simple if you know the truth. How many of you, how many of you can, can tell by looking at the bark of a tree what kind of tree it is? One. Some of them, few of them. How many of you can tell it by looking what the leaves are? All right. A couple of you can but look at how many of you say I I psh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's most I you know, it looks this looks like a tree to me. <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, it, it's really hard to tell, isn't it? You know, and uh even looking, you know, we've got to worry about the vines too. Is that poison ivy? I I I, I used you know, what does I say, leaves three, leave em be? <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to not worry about that until just a couple years ago when I got poison ivy for the first time. It was horrible. Now I know what poison ivy looks like. <laughs> but it's hard to, it's hard to tell. So, so most of you agree that you'd have a hard time going around if I said, hey, you know, can you tell me by just the, the bark, or if I gave you a, a limb that had the leaves on it, you'd have a hard time telling me whether that was an apple tree or not. Most of us, right? But how many of you have I walked out of here with an actual apple and I said, now, what is this? What kind of fruit is this? How many of you feel pretty confident that you know what an apple is? Come on, you all smarter than that. You may not all be valedictorians, but come on, you got that. We, we can get that, right? We know what an apple We have a hard time with the bark and all that. That's what Jesus is saying. You might have, you might have a hard time with some of the external stuff, but when it gets down to the fruit then we know it. You ought to be able to discern it. You ought to be able to detect it according to their fruit, according to how they act. But now listen. Unfortunately, where we're at today, people don't even know what the fruit is. (coughs) Because we so abandoned and neglected God's word and diving into it, we've been so distracted and, and focusing on other things that so many people don't even know what the fruit is. Is an avocado a fruit? Lori? Is an avocado, is that a fruit? All right. I mean, we, uh, so I'm asking, I'm showing my ignorance, but I'm gonna make sure. But I am asking, but some people didn't know what it was. Lori, you know, anybody make these uh, Walmart calls, you know, pick up, you call and they pick it up. Sometimes my wife's just saying, you know, I need this, and people on the other line. Don't even know what that fruit is. They've never seen it before, never heard it before. And how many know we're living in that day? Where people, it's not that we don't know the bark or don't know the, the leaves. We don't even know the fruit anymore. And that's what, unfortunately where the church is. And That's why you return to the Word of God. We don't even know the fruit. We, we don't even know. I'm glad to tell you that when I get into the Word of God, I know which way is up and I know which way is down. I know when it's wrong to go left and when it's wrong to go right. I know when it's right to go on the straight and narrow. Amen. I know where heaven is and I know where hell is. And I know which way you got to go to get there. Amen. I know who the king is. I know who the Lord is. I know where to find the truth and where not to. I know where lies come from. I know what's good and I know what's right. And I know what I am, and I know a man from a woman, and I know a woman from a man, and I know what makes up marriage, and I know what makes up a family, and I know these things. Why? Because God has revealed these things. He's revealed the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Self-control, all of these things. These are the fruit of the Spirit. But when people have come in today, they don't even know it. And they're confusing the fruit of the Spirit with the results of the flesh. And they're calling things of the flesh to be things of the Spirit. How do you know that in the Scripture? Do you realize the Scripture says the day will come when people will not know good from evil. When they will call evil good and they'll call good evil evil, do you realize you will be vilified for calling certain things evil that are actually good? That that's where we're at today. People don't even know the fruit. Young people, you gotta get in and you gotta know the fruit. And the only way to do it is to dive in the scriptures. Amen. I was talking with uh, and Stephen we was having prayer with some of us meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning. Whoever wants to join us. But um, he was talking about what he read in a commentary on Hebrews. It was an old commentary of a small book. It was thick, but it was small. And he was reading about Hebrews. And it said, concerning one of the first few chapters, it said this. It says, hear him, meaning Jesus. Pay attention to him. Don't ignore him. So you don't drift away. Are you listening? Are you listening? Do you know the fruit? Jesus said, by your fruit, you will know them. And so get into that. I, I share with you, you've heard me share it so many times. And I'll just, I'll just leave you with this. Psalm, Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who's not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by rivers of water. That yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatsoever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. Walk in God's ways. With his help, it's the only way we can do it. With his help and what he put in us. Walk according to the word of God. Let God be your guide. Let him be the central voice of influence and watch what he does.